When you type your pharmacy name into Google, what does it say? Do you show up on the first page? Listen in as my guest John Hollenberg and I discuss how you can build your first or enhance your current pharmacy website. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, most importantly, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide once again on this fantastic journey of ours, and we're now episode 37. Please bear with me today, I am battling off a cold, and you may notice that my pitch may be slightly off, But the show must go on and I bring you a new action-packed show every single week without fail. So this week I've had quite a few pharmacists actually ask me how I select the guests on the Transformation Show. Is there a special formula? Well, not really. It's really decided a lot by you guys. I select guests that help me to solve some of the biggest challenges and particularly questions that you've sent me, whether it be through Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or as coming through the transformation community. And so I select those that can I can then serve up to you the answers through educational and hopefully educational entertaining discussions that you don't have time to have yourselves. So hopefully that's what you're getting and I'm always looking out for more guests that we can bring to you that help to solve those questions as well. This particular episode around websites today couldn't have been made possible if it wasn't for a series of questions that I'd received around that very topic. So you guys dictate the show, I just bring it to you. And on the subject of questions, I do have some enhancements for you in regards to our previous and current guest as well. So you might remember from episode 34, uh, Tim Reid from the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast Show. Well, Tim's been in touch as we've had a few questions come through and he's kindly extended an invitation to all Transformation listeners to join his Small Business Big Marketing community, and I'm actually a member of that as well, for only a dollar for the first seven days. So it just gives you an opportunity to go in there. You might have some pressing marketing questions that you might wanna fire at Tim. um, And that would be obviously a great thing to be able to do. So you can get in there for a dollar. And obviously if you want to spend some more time in there, um, Tim's got some great deals for you around that. So much like the transformation community, Tim answers marketing questions there every day as we answer pharmacy and technology questions every day. So head across to robertstar.com forward slash SBBM and I'll put this in the show notes and you can get in there for a dollar and hit Tim up for some great questions and marketing gold. I'm sure you'll love it. Also wanted to mention that uh, our current guest today, John Hollenberg, and I'll introduce you to him in a moment, he's also kindly offered to answer any website questions you may have following this show if you write them in the discussion box underneath the show notes. So that will be at robertstar.com forward slash episode 37. And if you put your questions in there, the best question as judged by John will win a sensational prize consisting of John's book, Love at First Sight. It's a great title rather than S. 
S-I-G-H-T. We're looking at S-I-T-E, fantastic title. And also, I'm going to throw in my book, Transformation, and also a $100 credit towards your first Pharmacy Freedom Index review and assessment session. So a fantastic prize. And I can certainly endorse John's book as one that follows a great formula for getting your website up and running, but also happens to follow the same framework as the four steps of transformation. There's great educational content, which will go through why websites are important, what the tools are, and how easily they can be accessed. And also, what tasks and processes and achievements you're looking in your business that you might be able to pair with that new technology. And also, how to select the right web developer and forge a really good partnership with someone who's gonna help you plan your website, implement, train, and maintain that in your business as well. It's fantastic, and also, John's a big fan of optimization. So once you've got your site up there as well, it's really important you don't let it sit stagnant and stale and that you continually keep updating it. So fantastic prize, and I hope you guys are gonna enjoy that when you get onto it. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to just go through our, our Pharmacy Freedom Index insight that I've got from visiting some pharmacies this week, and also a listener feedback question, which really was the, the essence of how this, how this particular episode on websites got started. So very quickly, the insight I want to bring to you was around social media. That's been a big topic that I've had from almost every single visit I've had this week, and also in previous weeks as well. So... What's social media good for? So in a nutshell, it's best use for you as a pharmacy is to have as a distribution channel for your created and curated content generated on your own website. You always need to look that your website should be seen as your home base and your central hub. We're gonna to touch on that a lot today. And also as a trampoline where you bounce people to and from. So it might be to video or to your social network to check out some engaging content or conversations you might be having, but you again want to bring them back to your website. You then also need to have a clear purpose as to what you're gonna do from spending time and planning time and effort on each of these social media platforms and which one is most appropriate for you. Facebook is a really engaging one that people spend a lot of time on. It's growing and growing in terms of the demographic that's very key to a lot of pharmacies in an aging population. There's some great social connectiveness benefits for the elderly to be on there because they're connected to their grandchildren and their family and they can share photos. So they are gonna be in that space. But then Twitter, it's a very conversational platform. If you're gonna commit time to that, you really do need to plan that out because realistically to be on Twitter, and it's like a 30 minute news update, you need to be posting quite frequently as well to do it properly. I don't profess to do it properly, uh, but I use it the best way I can. Uh, LinkedIn, if you've got a professional audience, so you might be a CBD pharmacy and you wanna approach or get in touch with some of the clients of the office buildings nearby, it could be a really good platform for you. If you've got a focus on gifts and you've got a lot of visual merchandise in your pharmacy, Pinterest is a great one. And if you host a lot of events and there's some great photos in and out of your pharmacy, 
Instagram is a really good one for you. So you don't need to be in all of them, but you need to have something that's gonna measure the effectiveness of spending some time there. So it could even be signing them up to your email database for more direct communication so that you can communicate directly with them. And if Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter change the way they operate with you, you haven't lost all of that engagement that you've spent a lot of time on. So few things there to look at is episode 18 and 23 with Scott and Jason. We spoke about a lot of social media and how to generate and plan the content, but also episode 34 more recently with Tim, where we need to plan our content around specifically the problems and challenges of our best mates. And our best mates are the people who are coming into our pharmacies and what are the key challenges of them. So there's always specifics. They might be elderly with arthritis, diabetes, chronic blood pressure. You may have to have engage some specific challenges around those things and put some content to it. But I'll also draw you to episode 14, and I'll put all these links in the show notes. You don't need to be ever be jotting anything down. I want to make it really easy for you. Episode 14, which included the five biggest pharmacy Facebook page mistakes that are going on right now. So if you're already on Facebook, check that out if you haven't already. So guys, Pharmacy Freedom Index, it's a great test for you. Basically, I'll give you a little rundown. You'll have a downloadable report highlighting your rating in nine critical areas of your business in seven minutes. That's all it takes. And you'll also get a copy of the Transformation eBook and access to the Transformation Workbook and Community to kickstart your journey as well. Head across to Pharmacy Freedom Index, all one word, and again, it'll be in the show notes, .com to be able to start on that as well. And then I offer you an action-packed 90-minute session. So you've done all the hard work, you've got all of the opportunities out of the way and isolated, and then we can spend 90 minutes of action mapping out how you're gonna tackle those opportunities and hit the ground running so that you can make the next 12 months the best your pharmacy has ever had. So book in for a consult, and I look forward to visiting you and helping you maximize your success. Listener question came from Bishoy, and Bish and I went to uni together, and um, he wrote me a fantastic question and also some support as well. So he wrote, loving your podcast, mate. I'm actually taking your advice on board and have started to build a website to cater for the online needs of my two stores. Fantastic, Bish. That's terrific. The question he had was, I'm, had, I'm hoping that you'll be able to advise me. Most websites contain information regarding different health conditions. What's the easiest and most efficient way of accumulating these? So firstly, Bish, thank you so much for your message and the kind world of support. I love it. Um, my answer is really a couple of questions for you to be able to actually answer that. Basically, I'd like to ask you, what would you like your patients to see when they visit your site? What experience would you like them to have? And really try to map what their journey is. You can often map when they come into your pharmacy, what route they're going to take to the dispensary and what areas so that you can make that experience easy for them. In a digital format, it's quite the same as well. So things like easy to find contact details, retail purchasing perhaps, access to health information perhaps as well. But I always advise that you pharmacy owners when I talk to you about websites is that you need to plan it the same way you'd plan your shop fit out. And ideally you want to try and duplicate your in-store experience with digital or you want to enhance your in-store experience by using your website as well. But with regard to health information, I prefer you to first find the common problems your patients are facing 
look to plan a weekly blog post on that website that you're setting up, providing solutions to them as well, and perhaps even curating some of the content that may be already available if it's arthritis, maybe Arthritis Australia or asthma resources as well if it's an asthma patient. Because I believe generic health information on pharmacy websites are now irrelevant because of the masses available from a simple Google search. You can't compete with it. And as we'll talk about in our interview today, Google doesn't like it and they penalize you for it. So you need to provide that curated content um, and it will also highlight your position as a community expert and authority when you overlay your position on that and what your thoughts are. Because as we talk about a lot on this show, pharmacist's role right now and most sustainable role is as a trusted health advisor to really filter all of that information that gets swarmed at you through Google and other platforms and advice from friends you need to be able to filter that so that it makes sense for that particular patient and you can personalize their care. Our interview today is with John Hollenberg. He owns 5x5, which is an Australian web design business. He's delivered thousands of websites for clients such as Qantas, Jeep, and the Currumbin Wildlife Sanctuary. He's passionate about working with business owners to realize their potential by using online tools as a massive leverage point in their business. John Hollenberg, welcome to The Transformation Show. Thank you, Robert. Pleasure to be here. Oh, look, great to have you on, John. And look, I think it's answering a lot of questions that we're getting right now around websites. And it's a topical one for every pharmacy owner, let alone every small business owner. So I think our listeners are in for a great treat today. And hopefully we'll walk away knowing exactly what to do first. And of course, for people who've already started, how they can get the best out of their site. So, John, I always like to ask my guests straight up, how did you get into websites and, and why is it a big problem for small business owners and pharmacies are small business owners at the moment? Yeah, well, in, in terms of how I got into the website game, I, I've been doing this for almost 17 years now and started my first business as a 16-year-old, a uh, just sitting there in my board shorts, building websites for friends and and then I studied that at university and, and then went into work in a, a small business where I got thrown in the deep end and uh, going on about nine years ago, started, started this, this business, 5 by 5 and uh, have been uh, building websites and, and been involved in the online world ever since. Uh, so we've, we've worked with big iconic brands such as Qantas, uh, Jeep, the Crumb and Wildlife Sanctuary. Uh, plus hundreds of other small businesses Australia-wide. So really got a, a good broad cross-section of a lot of different industries, a lot of different business types. Um, and, you know, the, the common thread, I guess, with all these uh, businesses is they they really need to boost the leads and inquiries through their website. So we, we uh, equip them with the tools, the knowledge and the know-how to, to go out and, and really do that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think, you know, looking back at even a couple of episodes where we've touched on websites on this show, we've been really scratching around looking at trying to marry up the physical presence of the pharmacy with the digital presence. And I think for a lot of a lot of our listeners, it's quite scary to think about, well, how do I how do I do that? I, I'm not trained technically, I can't afford to probably be spending 10s of 1000s of dollars. But that's all really changed of recent times, hasn't it? Yeah, look, it has, and um, the 
I guess you know, we'll probably go deeper into into this, but the question of of price is always, I guess, uh, you know, a tricky one. Certainly in in the online world, you you do get what you pay for. So it's about having that mindset that you know a good quality website that's set up well uh, is going to get you a good return on, on that investment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and John, with your experience with with business owners at the moment, what what's the first? Like, you spoke about obviously generating leads and inquiries, but I guess what would be the the first purpose of having a website right now? Like, obviously, our listeners have probably had yellow pages ads that aren't relevant anymore, and you know they've gone into different local newspapers and so forth, which is still relevant to some degree. But I guess what what at the moment with the way Google is approaching websites, and obviously that. When you get found on Google, that's obviously where people are looking for you. What are the types of things that businesses are addressing as a primary need? Well, look, I can really draw on my personal experiences uh, being a, a father of a three-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old and, two and, and really uh, when I've needed a chemist is typically, say, 10.30 at night and, and you've got a, a screaming, unwell child and yeah, you know, we just run out of say Nurofen or something like that. Mm. So um, I'm physically based here at the Gold Coast. I grew up down in Melbourne, and and it's um, Gold Coast isn't actually like Melbourne where you've got a lot of 24-hour say uh, pharmacists or chemists. And um, there's only a few physical locations that are open say up till midnight. So for me, it's literally you know going to my phone, putting in a, a Google search on you know chemist and and the suburb that I live in and um, finding someone that's open. So from a really practical standpoint, it's about getting a phone number, getting an address, and getting some opening hours. So um, that's really like my personal experience from a, um, a website perspective. And that's where tools like, say, your Google Plus Local, um, having your verified listing, uh, having it all set up, having it all filled out is just just such a, uh, a no-brainer and, and low-hanging fruit that anyone can go out and do. Because the Google Plus Local really does feed the Google Maps and all of the other Google-related products in terms of delivering that information to the consumer, isn't it? Exactly. So what, what Google have done is they've really intertwined their, their Google Plus, which is essentially like their, um, their Facebook social platform uh, that Google Drive. Um, and then married that up with the Google Places. So what they're really trying to do is is incorporate the two. And and a big part of online is that social proof. So tied to the um, the Google Plus local uh, uh, reviews of of businesses and all that sort of stuff. So that's where they've really intertwined those two. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and I think feedback ratings are something that's, um, you know, so sensitive in uh, healthcare related businesses like pharmacies, in that we can't have our customers mentioning individual practitioners, but they can certainly be praising our business, um, non specific to any particular pharmacist. But it'd be certainly a good place, I think, for our customers to be leaving uh, glowing reviews, I think. Yeah, yeah, and also, look, it's it's a tough thing to do to actually get someone to you know physically sign into their Google account and and leave some sort of review. It's it's a it's not an easy thing. It's the thing that a lot of people struggle with, and it's not until someone has you know an unpleasant experience or a, a negative experience that they feel motivated to do that. So, um, 
yeah, look, there's you know, I, there's no easy answer for for reviews, but yeah. I think it's about really just um, controlling at a minimum your your Google Plus space. So making sure that that all your contact info is in fact actually filled out. You've got your opening hours listed, your phone numbers there, your address is there. Um, the the platform actually allows you to upload uh, a bunch of photos as well. So a good common sense thing would be to actually upload a picture of you know the owner of the business, the pharmacist, or uh, a picture of the front of your shop so that people actually have a physical reference when they're out on the road. They might be from interstate or whatever looking for your physical location. Uh, shots of the inside of the, the actual um, shop. And uh, yeah, so really just making sure that you've got a lot of the things filled out. The other great thing is that they actually allow you to upload video as well. So it'll be very easy for a business to do a walkthrough and, and an introduction to the staff and all that sort of stuff. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is there's, there's just so many ways that you can get this information up there using the free tools that are available. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've even seen some pharmacies and uh, you might you might be more aware of the functionality of Google that allows this, but it actually allows people to click inside the pharmacy and actually physically walk around it by clicking on the different angles. Is, is that part of Google or is that a plug-in for that? I, uh, to be honest, I haven't physically seen that, but um, I know that can be done through plugins on your website, but that's interesting that, that you mentioned that's tied there to the, the Google Plus page. But essentially, you know, Google Plus, like, well, it's just a, a traffic channel through yeah. to your primary site. And, you know, um, say you're on your mobile and, and a lot of searches would be derived from a mobile device. Um, anything with a geographical uh, nature sort of search, so like chemist, surface paradise or something like that, they've got you know those three buttons within the Google Places results. Uh, you've got, I think, uh, call a business, um, get directions, and then there's a link to the website. So, um, yeah, basically what you really want to do is drive people through to the website if they're yeah. not going to select the call thing. And, and that's that's the traffic nature of, of, of that uh, plus local listing. But the content very much sounds like what Yellow Pages has been charging thousands of dollars a year for, uh, typically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's really why, you know, Yellow Pages have been in decline and, and Google's sort of coming through the ranks and, and they just make the whole user experience very easy for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, John, for our, for our listeners, we've covered we've covered off in previous episodes. We've spoken about blogs on how to do a little bit of Facebook. Even with Tim the other week, we're talking about creating events to really position a pharmacy as a community health hub. We've spoken previously about content planning, but it all has to come back to one split, one one place. And we always talk about websites as, I mm-hmm. guess, your trampoline where you want people to bounce back to and come back to as your home base. Definitely. So. Um, with websites, um, so we're going to have listeners who may already have a website. We may have some that have just been thinking about it but didn't really know about it. So what would be, the, I guess, the first steps to really think about before you even start um, implementing a, or positioning yourself to have a website? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I guess you really need to identify what is the purpose of the website and how is it going to fit into your bigger picture strategy? So, uh, like you said, the, the website is the, the central hub of your online uh, presence 
and that's really where you want the traffic to end up. So whether they're coming from, say, um, the Google search engine, whether they're coming from Facebook, Twitter, or your social platforms, whether they're coming from offline methods of someone's physically, you know, seen your sign and punched in your web address into a, a web browser, you know, they're all being fed into this central hub. So it's really about identifying what is the, what are the core goals, or you know what are, what are, how do you define success for this in twelve months' time? If you're looking back and and you're analysing the success of your new website, you know what are the metrics that that you're really um, looking at or, or or have achieved and 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 feel like that you've achieved that success. So that's probably a, a good starting point. Um, I guess the the next thing is to to really nut out what do you actually want the the site to do? What physical information will reside on the site? And and like I spoke about before, you know, it needs to be very practical. So obviously, your opening hours are there, uh, your physical location, your phone number needs to be accessible, um, and and this should all be in a very mobile friendly platform. Have you spoken much about mobile-friendly sites, Robert? We, we have spoken about mobile responsive, but, but please enlighten our listeners. Yeah, well, maybe I can give a, a quick overview yeah. of, of what uh, a mobile responsive site is. So essentially, you, you have a, a website that looks great on a, a desktop, so a big, say, 27-inch monitor or something like that. Um, and this interface, it actually resizes or um, adjusts on the fly. And say a device such as an iPad or an iPhone or an Android device is accessing the same website, all it really does is it, it just reshapes or resizes the physical width of the website. So it physically creates a big long page. So the benefit of doing this is um, it means that you only have to maintain one version of your website. And it's actually the the approach that Google recommends. So they they actively uh, recommend making sure that um, responsive websites are the the way that you approach that. Um, and it just makes uh, the general user experience a lot better, regardless of the device they're accessing your website on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's nothing worse than uh, you know trying to operate a phone. And a lot of mums are the ones who are the main customers and searching for pharmacies with yeah. one, with one hand and yeah, how they're yeah, holding yeah. one child in one hand and having to pinch the screen with two fingers and dropping the phone. So uh, maybe that's got something to do with the number of phones that get uh, broken because people are pinching too much. But uh, yeah, no, look, ab- ab- absolutely. The funny thing is. I- when I was doing a bit of research around the, the pharmacy landscape, some of the bigger players, your your big banner groups, they're not actually, not actually using responsive sites. So this is a tremendous opportunity for, say, smaller independent groups or, or um, uh, chemists to actually um, embrace this approach um, and, and just make that experience a lot easier for the individual. Yeah, look, absolutely. And we spoke a lot about um, with Tim the other week about identifying your best mates or your most typical customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of them may be the older type of customers that can't read little font and can't pinch screens. And if you send them away to something like that, they're just not going to look at it. And that's a demographic that, as we know, is growing in the online space, in the social media space. So f- pharmacies really need to make sure that the experience that they offer in the pharmacy and they 
might offer low vision uh, dose administration aids so that they can see the labels better and actually read the instructions. But the website's got to reflect the same goals and aims as well. Yeah, yeah. So common characteristics of a responsive site, um, bigger fonts, big fat buttons, um, the ability to say click on a phone number and it automatically dials that phone number for you. Um, all those sort of things just make the general user experience uh, a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a couple of listener questions as well that came through a few weeks ago around health information. And we spoke a lot about the types of content. But what would you advise um, pharmacy owners who are considering to having health information on their sites as to how they should approach packaging that content so that it you know, it is quite unique for them, uh, but also can be very easily found and um, and accessed um, in whatever environment the uh, patient may be in. Yeah, maybe if I give an example, my wife, she she's actually recently, just in the last month, set up a beauty salon, and she actually comes from a dentistry background. She's a, a formerly trained oral health therapist, yeah. and um, she she got sick of. Uh, peering into people's mouths and and wanted to follow her passion, which is beauty. Yeah. Um, but her angle is is all natural, chemical free, organic skincare um, products and treatments. Um, so I guess it's it's a little bit more specific and unique. Um, so when we, you know, she just happened to be married to a, a website designer. <laughs> so when we were setting up her website. Um, she's been really active on her blog, and it, it, look, it's still early days. She's she's created say eight or ten blog posts about the different uh, treatments that she offers. So an example is she offers a specific you know tanning process, which is all natural and chemical free. Um, and now she owns pretty much the first page of Google for that specific brand name plus. Uh, our geographical location, which is Gold Coast, and that's just a really simple example of a um, a small product or unique range or an item that she she stocks, um, and and one simple blog post. So she she literally in that blog post detailed the the tanning process and and why this product is uh, superior and and all that sort of stuff, and created about five six hundred words around that. And now this blog post physically. Uh, ranks on the first page of Google. So there's no reason why um, you couldn't use that same process in a, in a pharmacy uh, example because each pharmacy has different products or specialties or ranges yep. or whatever to really focus in and hone in on some of those specialties or value adds that they provide as part of their retail experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, I think we've seen so many times with websites that pharmacies have had where they literally just take the catalogue from their banner group or their buying group, throw it onto their site saying, read our catalogue here. And they might grab some links from the Heart Foundation, from the Asthma Foundation, and you know list all of those things. What does Google think about all of that, I guess, repositioning content from other parts of the web onto one site? And does it like it? And is that going to give you a good listing on Google as well? So short answer to that is Google does not want duplicate content. They want unique content. Uh, so obviously that's a challenge because there's work involved. Yep. The businesses that take the time and the effort to say do a product review and, and I'll give an example. My my wife bought one of those digital thermometers I think from, from one of the big chemists and you know, we maybe pull it out once or twice a year when, when the kids are sick and 
she just curses because she can't figure out how to use this this thing and you know a really simple product review and some step-by-step instructions on that would actually be really helpful so that's just like a really simple example on how someone could add value to a specific product that is in their their store uh, they probably sell a lot of them yeah. and uh, a quick google search um, because this information just you know physically doesn't exist, whether it's it, it may be you know hidden away in some uh, instruction manual on the manufacturer's site or something, but yeah, you know, a really condensed, simple, step-by-step set of instructions would be awesome and really helpful. So that's another example of how someone could do that product reviews. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and, and that's what we often talk about is really trying to, once you've identified your best mates and your unique client base, is really what the challenges are. And as we've spoken about a lot on this show is what are the questions that you get asked more often than not? And yes. if you get asked them more than five or six times, it may be worth just either creating a short little blog post or a checklist around that or a video. And that's probably the type of content that um, Google will be looking for. But John, when, when, you're a, a, when a business comes to you and um, they want to put their first website together, mm-hmm. I guess what would be maybe two or three different um, things that you would ask them to bring to you before they before you start even considering what type of uh, site you're going to build for them or, and, and all the tools which we can speak about in a moment yeah yeah good good question so we've actually got a, a briefing process and typically we will actually go with go through the strategy consult and and that's where we really you know in a say a one hour session we, we dig really deep into their business um, what are the products and services that they offer um, you know who are the decision makers in the project what are the what are the goals that they want to achieve with with the actual project um, tell us about the competitive landscape all that sort of stuff um, so that's where we really we go deep um, into the business and then a web strategy is really formulated um, out of that but as I said core of the web web strategy would be uh, a uh, obviously a website yeah. um, and the tool that we use for that it's called WordPress so WordPress it's uh, it's an open source content management system and uh, that basically means that the the tools free to use it's free to customize you can shape and mold it you can turn it into a uh, an online store you can turn it into a forum it can be a static simple site you can run blogs you can do all that sort of stuff so um and then what we really do is uh you know the 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 design or the front end the look and feel of the website uh like you touched on at the start of the conversation is it's very much customized to the the existing customers um branding or you know retail experience or any other sort of uh, marketing that they're doing in the in the marketplace. Uh, we obviously make sure that it's mobile friendly, as we spoke about, so making sure that that mobile experience is really good. Um, we 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 really um, push our customers to to get into that content generation mindset. So, like you said, providing good quality content, frequently asked questions, blog posts product reviews, uh, lists, you know, you could be listing your top 100 products in your store, all this sort of stuff um, that the actual platform allows you to uh, communicate with your, your customers on. Um, and then really making sure that, that that content is optimized. 
So what that means is is making sure that the the on-site structure of the website is well optimized to how Google wants to see this information presented. So there's different on-site optimization uh, factors, um, but largely search engine optimization or the 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 process of making your site more visible in Google, it, it really comes down to a content play. So it's about having that good quality content that people are really looking for. So any any sort of business that that really you know wants to charge you a few thousand dollars a month or whatever to to get you to the first page of Google, that's mm-hmm. really all that's been done away with. The the different updates within the Google search logarithm have really changed that. And and it really comes down to the quality of the content that exists on your site. So I guess that's a bit of a, a bigger picture overview as to the process we would typically go through yeah, in okay. building a site. Absolutely, John. And and I guess, I guess just with the, with um, WordPress as well, which I, I use myself as well, um, mm-hmm. it is, it is as you said, it is open source. So if you're not happy with who you're working with, um, that framework can be moved without you know them penalising you. And um, <clears throat> that's quite prevalent with quite a number of different template-based websites that offer people people free websites at the yes. moment isn't it yeah yeah so there's really two two parts a business could take the the road to the left is um, your your open source your tools like your wordpress and and you're really not tied to any one provider there's literally thousands of website designers here in australia and, and worldwide that that um, work with the tool it can be bundled up if you if you're not happy with a current provider you can literally pack your bags and you can leave and you can find someone else to help you with so that's awesome um, the road to the right is using like you said some some sort of more proprietary content management system which is really tied to either one provider or a, a platform and the difficulty with that is if if they don't provide the features or the functionality that you need or you're not happy with the the, the service that the, the provider's um, giving you, then you, you literally you have no other choice but to rebuild your website um, from start, which is obviously, you know, could be costly in both time and money. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think a, a lot of our listeners will be thinking, well, um, is this a process that, you know, as with everything else in their business, I'm struggling with my time at the moment, Um is this something that they can manage on their own once it all is all set up, or what have you been recommending, I guess, to small business owners that do wear multiple hats and uh, do have limited time? Yeah, look, it is a really common issue, and I guess our role is to is to deliver an awesome solution, so one that that looks great and is functional and um, um, you know generally just just works for the business. Uh, and part of that is obviously uh, equipping the client with the, the, the knowledge and the know-how to actually feel comfortable in the driver's seat. So part of our service at the tail end of the project is to actually provide you know, that one-on-one training. So we'll get in there, we'll, we'll, we'll get into WordPress and we'll show a business owner how to physically add a new blog post, create a new page, maintain that website, uh, share it out on all their social platforms, do all that sort of stuff. That's backed up with some documentation as well. Um, so 
and then obviously, you know, the, the nature of business is, is clients are always going to have questions. So we, we provide that ongoing support role if, if there are, you know, uh, issues or questions or further changes or whatever that, that are required on the site, uh, just more of a, an ongoing basis. Because I think it's so important that any business owner, let alone a pharmacy owner, really understands how to utilise it because you need to be responsive to what's going on around you. There may be, you know, another news story about an Ebola outbreak or another massive health issue and customers may want to turn to your website to know what you think about it. And I think the last thing any owner wants to be able want people to look at when they come in there is to see that their Christmas sale's still up there in the middle of <laughs> in the middle yeah. of April and not a good look is it no and and as it wouldn't be if you still had your christmas decorations up in the physical pharmacy so you know that's the mindset that we talk about a lot on this show is that you know what you do in a digital area has to reflect what you do in store so i guess what recommendations could you have for our listeners where they may be already doing promotions in store they may have health information days events things that are living and breathing in the pharmacies but how how would you see it best represented in a digital space and they may also have facebook pages as well that they may be maintaining yeah i think it's literally just painting a, a really good detailed picture as to um, what someone can expect from from that experience uh, in, in terms of you know going to a chemist so uh, i did see one one of the um the banner groups did actually a great job um, giving a, a very detailed overview of their different well-being services. Um, so an example is, you know, you, you, you can go into the one of the chemists and grab a, a blood uh, pressure check or bone density check or, you know, diabetes support services, all, all that sort of stuff that people may not actually be aware of that you can actually do that. So um, I guess really going deep on on a lot of that stuff um, from a products perspective obviously there's you know thousands of, of SKUs that are, are listed or, or carried within the business but it may be just that you you provide you know really detailed explanation of what are the top 100 products that are actually making these chemists the most money so really 80 20 um, you know the 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 products or the content and focusing on, on what's important and what's actually profitable. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And also, as you say, the user experience as well in that, you know, we can now blend, um, you know, physical and digital interactions uh, together in that, we, you know, we're able to order pizzas on our phones and physically turn up in a Domino's store and, and mm. pick that up or we're able to order a product through dick smith or through um, the apple store and you're able to come into the store and have the discussion and after you've booked that appointment so i think it's trying to get pharmacy to realize that you know some of those user experiences that you know obviously google like the way people interact with it but it could actually improve their level of in-store experience depending on how they are injected into their website content exactly yeah, yeah. and look and and even doing retailing through your website can be very affordable. There's, you know, your tools like your Shopify's and, and all that sort of stuff. WordPress actually has a, a shopping plugin that you can bolt in as well, um, and, and give a very good retail experience. There's no reason why you couldn't be, like I said, top 100 products and, and offer an in-store pickup or uh, you know delivery or whatever. So it's just opening up these different opportunities to to the chemists to to really, I guess, you know, get some more traffic, some more volume. Um, through the business. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and John, I guess for the listeners that are thinking, well, that's all well and good if we've got a big pharmacy or, if, or you've got number of stores and all of that type of thing. Can I survive without a website? You know, what what, what would you have to say to, to that type of question? Um, well, I think at a minimum, there, there should be a, a simple one-page mobile-friendly site. This is a this is a bare minimum for any any physical location, which has your opening hours, your location, your phone number, and and even just some dot points as to um, the business. Uh, um, so that that should be a minimum, and then I guess you can grow that and, and really sort of beef that up from a, a products and education uh, services offering perspective. Um, one thing that we really uh, we're passionate about and, and we're big advocates of uh, having um, the a video of the actual business owner on the website front and center because I think specifically um, my experience with say chemists are uh, that you know the owner of the business the pharmacist is, is tucked away up on the step um, behind the counter and there you don't have that physical interaction uh, so say a, a 60 second, 160 to 120 second video, and we call this a, a Y video, um, of the actual pharmacist uh, introducing himself or herself and then uh, really explaining how their story. So how they got into this, um, why they do what they do, why do they get out of bed every day and do this, what they're passionate about. And I think that can really breed a... a a great connection um, and and really you know put the business owner front and center and really personalize that that whole sort of experience and um, you know link the off the the online and the offline retail experience yeah no look it's it, it's a fundamental of of, of what we what we're about at the moment in that at the moment um, you know pharmacy owners don't have never had less time and uh, mm. you know had never had to wear so many different hats and quite often it's those hats that keep them out the back doing rosters, payroll, get, setting up the bookkeeping, making sure that all of the admins sorted out and quite often it just then means that the customer's coming in and seeing a 15 to 20 year old pharmacy assistant when they really want to see the pharmacist. So yeah. I think, you know, we talk a lot about in this show of how we need to become more operationally efficient so that we can leverage our time back into the store to spend more time with our patients. But we need to start somewhere and, you know, it could be that getting yourself out on a video, like you say, John, um, could be the best way to start that transition away from the back of the store. And it, it is actually a leverage point. So um, you, you physically record the video once, but then that video can be played over and over and over again. So you're replicating yourself many, many, many times over and it's done on autopilot. Once you do the initial work, it's there on your site and you know, it, people can look you in the eye. They can see whether they like you, they know you, they trust you. It breeds that rapport and it's just such a powerful tool and it's a tool that not a lot of businesses are utilizing. Well, that's that's right. And every business has its own story, its own key points of differentiation. Exactly. And that's, that's one thing we talk about a lot, that aside from Chemist Warehouse being very well known for holding that price position, really the majority of other pharmacies, no one could really tell what they're very well known for and what their major story and what their point of difference is. So I think the business owner is probably the point of difference in their individual community because that's the person that you're going to see more often than not when you come in. Correct. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, fantastic. And and John, I guess when when through your experience of dealing with businesses and you've seen transitions from when they've been purely an offline business to having that blended uh, digital and uh, physical presence, what, what what's been one of the best stories that you've seen of of getting that environment right and where you've seen you know a business owner really, to excuse the pun, transform their uh, their their business by doing that. Well, just going back to that original example that, that I um, gave of my wife's business. So she's literally been trading for, say, three or four weeks. And, and she has literally started from nothing, you know, no client base, um, uh, not, not a high exposure physical location. And, and, you know, she's getting email inquiries through her website. She's getting phone calls. She's getting SMSs, all that sort of stuff. And, and the work is there and that's that's where the audience is they're they're online um, they're they're yearning for these products and services and literally within a month you know a bootstrapping startup can um, turn a profit and and see those results so you know that's just a really simple example of a small business that is utilized digital um, and and making it work for themselves yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, you know, there's never been a better time for a small business to start, um, and particularly with the tools that are so accessible for them right now in creating a website and a web presence. And we won't go into social media again uh, today, but, you know, obviously you can then leverage that in many different distribution platforms through social media. So, now, terrific. And, um, John, I always like to, you know, forecast a little bit further ahead with, with my guests. And I guess what, what would you see, like... You know, a website is, is a good place to start. We've probably got pharmacy owners that have already got them and now mm-hmm. they're getting some great ideas about how they can perhaps um, re- reposition those websites and add some valuable content to them. But I guess um, what would you say is the biggest game-changing technology in businesses um, that if time and resources were no barrier, w- would you love to see implemented in businesses? And, you know, maybe just for today, perhaps just pharmacies from your own experience. Yeah, it's 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 all going to be about mobile. So really, um, the the proliferation of mobile devices they're overtaking the the desktop already. So um, it's really about optimizing the user experience for for mobile. Um, so that's where your responsive sites come in. It, that that approach is actually future proofing your website. So if it's done correctly, it means that whatever size iPhone comes out or whatever in the next generation, um, the site's going to look awesome. So that's, that's really about future-proofing that, the site. So um, uh, I, I would certainly um, put, be putting a lot of emphasis on that for, for these chemists. Um, and then really the, the, the social proof. So just, just controlling the conversation around content, uh, establishing yourself as the thought leader or the authority in your physical geographical location for your you know, specialty or your specific range of services or products. So I guess they're the two big ticket items that, that I would certainly be focusing on. Um, Google, uh, they released their uh, what they call the, the hummingbird search algorithm and, and and hummingbirds are known to be really uh, quick and nimble and precise, and that's really the the underlying theme behind Google's 
um, search engine algorithm update. So that's the basically the mechanics of, of where they decide where the websites um, end up on, on the first page of Google. And um, what Google are evolving, they're becoming smarter and smarter. So they understand the meaning, the true meaning behind search. This is called semantic search. So it's no longer about stuffing your site full of keywords and trying to over-manipulate your site. They can see through that. Um, what they're looking at is the true meat or the meaning behind the individual search and then really serving up the content that's most relevant to that. So I find that's helpful in explaining that so that people can really understand the mindset that they need to be in in regards to creating good quality content, establish, establishing themselves as an authority in their industry. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think, like you touched on earlier, the days of uh, paying someone good money to get me on the front page of Google artificially are gone. And, yes. um, you know, it really doesn't translate into helpful content, um, which is really what our what our patients and customers are looking for when they do search. Uh, they're not looking for someone who's stuffed some content in the back mm. of their site so that it shows up there and you get disappointed when you click on it. So, exactly. yeah, it's, it's you know, as we spoke about a lot of a few episodes ago with Tim, it's really about being as helpful as you can and, you know, being there to solve the problems that our patients are looking for. Spot on. Terrific. Now, it's been great to have you on, John, and um, hopefully our listeners have taken away some great lessons as to how to best approach their first website and also for those who have already started um, down that journey it's time to get back in under the hood and uh, get your website optimised for the uh, future, as John has been saying, in the mobile environment. So great to have you on, John, and um, we look forward to having you back in the not-too-distant future. Absolute pleasure, Robert. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Cheers. Well, I certainly walk away from that knowing a hell of a lot more about why it's so important for every community pharmacy to have a website. As per usual, I managed to cram in three key learnings and geez, I could have probably had 13 or 30 out of all of that, but we'll go to three and perhaps I might have to refer to John's book for the remaining 27 after that. Um, The first one is all roads lead to your website. You need to create a good user experience with easy access to the most requested information, the most relevant educational information. So that could best example we looked at there was, I believe, probably the ChemMart example, which showed all of their wellness services. And also the ability to enhance patient services of online ordering, in-store pickup. And we're going to touch on a few ways you can do that in the coming episodes. But particularly, and that's the biggest opportunity you have to take away from this episode, is a mobile responsive website is a massive opportunity. No banner groups or the major pharmacy groups are currently doing this. So if you want to future-proof your website so that you don't have to create a mobile site as well as a website or even an app, as some of our pharmacy owners have mentioned to me that they'd like to do that, you can start by having a mobile responsive website that does all of what you want straight away. So the tools that we spoke about are free and customizable, but make sure that if you are looking at some of these ads that pop up every so often to say you can build a great website for free um, and it takes only five minutes, it's probably a website provider, probably like Wix, which really is a proprietary platform that you can never move away from. So if you don't like them, you don't want to do it yourself, you want to give it to someone else, you won't probably be able to engage a web developer. So a WordPress site is what you need to have if you don't already. 
The second one is Google hates duplicate links and content. So the days of having a list of, of resources without any possible created content from you as the pharmacy owner and as the pharmacy is gone. Google doesn't like it and you'll just keep getting pushed down the, the, down the lines on Google if you do that. So John had a great example of how you might be able to use existing content but repurpose it for a created experience for your customers. So using, using video to create demo videos of blood pressure monitors or even John's example of a thermometer. That would be valuable content for anyone searching for that and they'll find you on Google because Google will love that because it's helpful content. So that's what we talk about. There's helpful content helps you found to be, be found on Google. So the days of paying people thousands of dollars, as John was talking about, to get you on the first page of Google, it's not sustainable. You could probably get there, but Google's very smart. They can see that your website isn't helpful and you'll fall back down the rankings. Or at the very least, it'll cost you a huge amount of money in Google AdWords to show up in the ad pages. But you don't need to do it artificially. As John's example of his own wife with her beauty business, which has only been going for six weeks, there's a great way you can do that just by creating that helpful content that we talk about. And the third one is don't be afraid to get personal. <laughs> so many times I see the About Us page on pharmacy websites, let alone other business websites, and you don't know who, who actually owns the business. One of the key points of differentiation in our pharmacies is our personalities. And we've got some great pharmacy owners that are really the pinnacle of each community. And you need to be showcasing that. We talk a lot about this show about how we can engage in more time and more services that are patient-centered. And the start of that journey is doing it digitally because you can literally clone yourself and you can be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week by the, by the fact that you've created a great video of you as the pharmacy owner telling your customers why they should come and see you. What is it that you can do for them and how do you do it? And also what you can offer them and doing it in that order. You always got to start with the why because people always buy why you do things, not what you do because every pharmacy can do the same. So if you want to differentiate yourself, that's a really good starting point. And as we become more operationally efficient, you'll be able to sit literally leverage more of your time and spend more than that 10 or 15 seconds per patient, but much, much more. And we talk about that a lot. So great learnings from John. And also, he's also made available to every listener of this show today can get a free copy of his audio book as well. So if you're listening to this show, chances are you don't mind an audio book as well as I do. And it's fantastic. It's accessible anywhere, anytime. And he's also got some great materials that he's going to also provide for us. So I'm going to pop that in the show notes and you can grab those when you can. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got some great interviews coming up and I don't undersell that because the quality of the guests just keeps getting better and better and better. We've got e-commerce and how your pharmacy can offer your customers an endless aisle to shop from. Wearable technology, we haven't touched on that for a while, but I've got a great guest who's going to talk about that with us very, very soon. And I've also got Jonathan Layden, the executive officer from Chemmart, to give us a behind-the-scenes look at Chemmart's new 
spot check program, which uses, utilizes some brilliant technology that enables pharmacists to collaborate with skincare specialists everywhere. Don't forget, leave a comment in the show notes. There's always space at the bottom for every question. There's some great prizes for putting your questions in today. John will select the very best one and you'll get that fantastic prize that we spoke about earlier of a copy of John's book, Transformation, and also a $100 credit towards your first Pharmacy Freedom Index review and assessment session. You are going to love it. And I read and respond to every one of them. And every guest on the show are always going to be able to largely be happy to respond to every question individually as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.